Welcome back to Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash podcast. I'm your co-host, Halloween Girl, and joining me is Dr. Chris, all the way from Massachusetts. Today's episode, we will be covering Hack Slash Son of Samhain, issue number four. The Hack Slash issue number four was published in October 2014. The script is by Michael Moresi and Steve Seeley, Tim Seeley's brother. Art by Emilia Lazo. Colors by K. Michael Russell. Art direction by Stefano Stelli. And series direction by Tim Seeley, with cover by Stefano Seeley. We open up issue number four on a quick backstory on why the monsters want revenge on the humans and to destroy them. Took everything from them and defeated Anton Sulu and the Great Exile, which then they suffered a major drawback. But then you see Marantel inspire, inspire them and they take their power back and are ready to fight. We then see Delroy showing his secret weapons to Cassie and Aki. He also gifts Aki his the sword. Then out of nowhere, there's this god beast that comes through the ground while Cassie is driving along with Delroy and Aki. It goes quiet. The god beast emerges, smashing the car. Cassie is ready to fight. Cassie instructs Delroy to handle the god beast and Aki, his brother, while she takes the army of monsters. Then we see these tiny creatures start fighting Cassie. She becomes unconscious and falls to the ground. Then she has a flashback of Vlad dying. She gets up and is eager for Marantel's head. Delroy blows himself up to kill the god beast. Marantel declares she defeated first wave monsters. Then we see Cassie and Aki leave the scene. So, um... It doesn't seem like Del Rey probably survives, because I don't remember him popping back up in any other book, which sucks, because this would have been a cool character to see continue on and on and on. But um, not with all that dynamite strapped to him, that's for sure. Uh, it's very unfortunate. Yeah, he seems like such a superhero, just like sacrificing himself. Yeah, and somebody Cassie <laughs> can actually put up with, too. Yeah. Definitely. She's not a people person. <laughs> Yeah. So the opening, uh, so just to take a quick look at the cover, my cover has Cassie holding her bat like she's playing it like a guitar with the car on top of the monsters as they're trying to crawl around it, Delray behind her, and then in a gray kind of shadow image, it's her, um, you know, in her traditional outfit of micro miniskirt and fishnets and boots and, and, and long sleeve um glove fingerless glove. what type of gloves would you call those cassie is wearing they're long and black and they, but the fingertips are missing yeah you know i actually have some of those i, I don't know what they're called like i guess like fingerless like i don't know like sexy gloves <laughs> i don't know i mean i have some fingerless gloves as well i've worn some stuff i don't know if they're sexy or not but i mean is it so that way you can wear gloves but have your fingers available for things? Because you sometimes yeah. have immovability. Like I know when I'm on my motorcycle. Yeah. When I'm on my sure. motorcycle. When I'm on my motorcycle, I can't always use my fingers very well with my gloves on. Oh no! 
Yeah. But she's grayed out, and so is Vlad as well. So I'm wondering if that's supposed to be like a kind of like a mirror image of like her and Dell. Of course, again, Dell doesn't really survive that well. So we open yeah. up with the cavern of the demons and the monsters, and they're rallying the army, and it is quite the army ahead of them. This reminds me of the army of the orcs uh, getting ready for the um, the battle in the two towers of yeah. Helms, the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yes. Oh. That totally reminds me of that. It just it looks exactly like it in so many ways. Very Lord of the Rings kind of cowboy up with the monsters. <laughs> yeah. Del Rey. Yeah, they all look so scary. Like I mean, like it's like a like a crowd of them, you know? Like ugh. Del Rey's bunker um, reminds me a lot of the bunker from uh, Terminator Two. Place. You've seen Terminator 2, I'm assuming. Yes, yes, I have. Okay, Long so, time ago. <laughs> all right, so the bunker that um, John Connor takes uh, the, the the Terminator down to see, and then there's like the racks of weapons and everything. You know, it's like underneath yeah. the desert floor, so it's very well hidden by the desert itself. Yeah. That this this is straight up out of that. I love I love that they you know kind of like reference. A little bit, like, I don't know. But, yeah, just like a whole lot of weapons we see here. The chainsaw next to the sword that Cassie picks up, I'm just curious if, A, it's just supposed to be a chainsaw, or, B, is it a, you know, list of wink and a nod to the chainsaw that Ash Williams um, has because the previous adventure is Cassie and Ash Williams versus the Army of Darkness. Wow. From the Evil Dead, you know, uh, franchise. And, of course, the the Evil Dead franchise is big and hot right now because uh, this past Friday the 13th was the release of the Evil Dead video game, and it is really good. Oh, that is amazing. So I believe that you have played it now, right? Yes, I... (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um... Oh, sorry. What was your question? So, what did you think of the game? Well, I, I I started to play it when I got home from the vampire ball at Hammond Castle on Friday the thirteenth, where I was rubbing elbows and hobnobbing with the vampire elite and gorgeous-looking women in corsets and evening gown dresses that I just couldn't help, you know, walking up to and just complimenting <laughs> and telling them how beautiful they were and them giving me hugs and and uh, you know taking pictures with me or dancing with me. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you, I was a smooth. Uh, my my friend, who's one of the hosts, was just like, "You are a smooth operator tonight, Chris." I was like, "Really?" She's like, "I have I've been sitting here watching everybody, and I have seen you approach more than one lovely lady and just give a compliment, them smile, and then give you, and then you know, you take a picture or have a little dance, and uh, yes, I've noticed things." <laughs> That is so cool. Yes, I'm very much in my element, so I become a very different kind of suave gentleman when it comes to the vampire ladies of the night. Um, and let me tell you, from the photos you've seen on on Twitter, of course, yes. um, but it was a magically beautiful evening. Next time it happens, you must come up to Massachusetts for it. Yes, I shall. It's in October, actually, the next time. <laughs> yes, That's even better. Nice. And it's in Salem, too. Yeah. So, um, back to the Evil Dead game. So I got home that night. Evil Dead was waiting for me. I threw it into the PlayStation. I I got it, you know, downloaded, and I started playing it for an hour. 
Um, I died a lot, and the next day I ground through it for like a good three hours, played a couple of the missions. Um, you're basically one of you can play one of multiple versions of Ash. You can also play as Henry the Red, uh, Kelly from the TV show, as well as Ash's sister, which is very weird. She's the one who, by the way, gets raped by the tree in the first Evil Dead movie. Um, Annie, she was the archaeologist from Evil Dead 2. But you also can unlock Pablo. He's another character from the TV show. You can also unlock um, Earth of the Night. He was the knight that didn't want, that wanted Ash executed and then becomes his friend by the end of the movie. And there's other characters coming to the game as well. Some people are hoping Mia comes. Mia is the heroine from the Evil Dead remake. Oh! So, and um, because of the Necronomicon, why not have like a an Evil Dead multiverse. You know what I mean? We've, we've got four yeah. films, a TV show, plus comic books as well. It'd be cool to see other Sam Raimi characters show up in it, like maybe Darkman, you know, as a playable character. So right. we'll have to wait and see. And, of course, Sam Raimi's riding very high. The fact that, you know, he's got the number one movie at the box office, second week in a row, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which, of course, Bruce Campbell does make an appearance in, obviously. So amazing. I just watched it again with my son, and I was trying to find Ted Raimi in the movie because Ted Raimi is, of course, Sam's you know brother, and he's been in all of right. his films. You know, he was Jameson's assistant in the Spider-Man trilogy, and he was you know various characters in the original Evil Dead films. But I couldn't figure out which one he was in this movie, and uh, I don't know if he was doing a voice or not, but I definitely didn't recognize him anywhere. So I didn't even you know they didn't even run into him. So. Um, I'll have to uh, do some digging online. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Evil Dead is pretty popular right now. But uh, back to our comic book. Um, yeah. Turning the page, we have this ugly ogre version of Oki who's like this hunchback-looking, just gargantuan-looking, bizarro creature. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, that was like the first thing that I, I thought about, too. <laughs> like the hunchback. Yeah. Um. Cassie, Oki, and Del Rey are dri driving down the, uh, the, you know, the desert, and they run into this giant freaking creature that comes spawning up out of the ground in this kick-ass moment. It's like, holy crap, uh, the God Beast, as it's called. Yeah, that looks terrifying. Like, I don't know why, like, you know, in the comics, God Beast is, like, purple. And, like, the first thing I thought about was, like, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> Like the one of in one of the movies from the nineties, it had like this purple goo. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, that was Ivan Ooze. Yes. I do you know? know me of that. Do you know who that is, by the way? No. Okay, so the actor who plays Ivan Ooze in the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger theatrical movie, the first you know in theaters Power Ranger movie, is the same actor who plays the villain of um, Belosh in. Um, Belloc, sorry, Belloc in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's the same actor. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either until just recently. I was like, what? Paul Freeman <laughs> is his name. Paul Freeman is the actor's name. And I was like, he's the evil archaeologist that, you know, that, that he's the one who opens the ark at the end of the movie and his head blows up with, along with the rest of the Nazis. You know, he's the one that yeah. shows up at the beginning and, you know, get, he says, once again, Dr. Jones, once, once it was yours is now mine. 
Um, it would be a very unfortunate place for you to die here, Dr. Jones. Hello, Dr. Jones. Good to see you again. While well, he's in the pit, and he's, and he's just like, why don't you come down here? He's like, no, no, we're all very safe up here. <laughs> but yeah, I had no flipping clue until recently that uh, Belloc was also Ivan Ooze, the same actor. I, I had no idea. Mainly because I've never gone into any research on on Power Rangers, but Indiana Jones I'm in love with, so I know who the actor is. But I, but of course he doesn't look anything like his character from Indiana Jones, and that was also um, uh, 15 years earlier too. So you know a lot of time has passed. He's yeah. still alive today, by the way. He's 79 years old. He's going to be at a convention coming up, but I don't think it's going to be around here in Massachusetts. But uh. If he's ever had a con, I would absolutely love to meet him. Obviously, sign Raiders of the Lost Ark and just ask a couple questions about Power Rangers. Yeah, and that purple goo. <laughs> that purple goo, yeah. But again, so damn funny. The villain of the Power Ranger movie is also the main villain of the first Indiana Jones film. Um, so the car crashes, and they all look perfectly fine, which is funny, considering how <laughs> many times this car is smashed up, and they are pretty much... Uh, they're pretty safe, and then the army of the the monsters show up, and they take it to the army, and it's just like you know an unbelievable um, fight scene, uh, and the artwork style that we have is fantastic, and all these little bug-like creatures start crawling up uh, Cassie, and one tries to crawl into his mouth, her mouth. Gross. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. But the uh, it does technically get oh Aki killing his bizarro creature form is pretty funny. Right. Um, but one of these creatures does get into Cassie's mouth. Gross. And she starts having some kind of uh, dream flashback to a, a time with uh, Georgia and Vlad. And, and, and this is either an actual memory, but it seems like her and Georgia are together, so that's not true because Vlad, you know, is, is seen, you know, getting shot in the next page. Um, so this is some kind of like fantasy she wishes could be, that she could be with the woman she loves, and her best friend is there, but unfortunately it's not real, and she's pretty pissed about the whole thing. Yeah, that is ugh, so scary. Like, I, You know what? I really, my thing is I love blood. So You um, love blood. Okay, let's, yes, let's, I do. let's dissect I this it. a little bit. You love blood in what way? Yeah. I just like love like the goriness. Um, like, I recently just got Mortal Kombat um, for PS3, and it was such an amazing game. And I don't know, just, like, the graphics of it, like, uh, just, it just makes me so happy. So when I do see that Vlad is in this chair and stuff, and there's, like, blood, I was, like, not, well, not, like, so excited, like, oh, man, he's dead, you know? But it was just, like, such a rush to see, um, like, excitement, I guess, just to, like, see, you know, the artwork of the blood, that's. That's all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Again, you love blood. All right. I'll yes. just have to. You're more. You have a morbid curiosity with blood. Yes. Yeah. I love, especially like the '80s horror movies, like the that that period of blood. Oh, so so beautiful. It looks so real and stuff. Old slasher films of the '80s, and like yeah. Nightmare and Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. <clears throat> Evil Dead, of course, had a lot of blood in it too. Yeah. Just all that bloodiness, goodness. <laughs> um, well, we get a lot of that after Delray blows himself up, destroying the uh, the Hell Beast, uh, which you know the 
the splash page, the Bakakum of the Hellbeast disintegrating is pretty freaking awesome. Um, my graphic novel, Vlada a Dracula Tale, actually has won best splash page in a graphic novel or comic book uh, three times now. Whoa, congratulations. Thank you. Oh. <clears throat> that was one thing I was doing at the Vampire Ball was passing out the business cards left and right to people I met. <laughs> oh, that is so exciting. Vlad, uh, sorry, uh, Cassie and Aki, they uh, just start chopping the monsters to bits and the army is just endless. And uh, the uh, the leader calls it the first wave and they get in the car and they run away because there's no way in hell they're going to be able to fight their way through all these creatures. Yeah. And right. as Cassie yeah. says, this shit is far from over. Yeah. So exciting. Like, what's going to happen next? How is this going to end? <laughs> uh, badly for the creatures, most likely. <laughs> yeah. Especially if Cassie's there. Um, on the next page, we uh, in the comic book, we have a um, we have an ad for Birthright uh, from the creator of Nailbiter and Ghosted. Have you ever read Nailbiter or Ghosted? No. Ghosted is uh, like Ocean's Eleven meets uh, The Shining. Ooh. Yes, it's a basically exactly the way uh, you think about Ocean's Eleven, the heist film, and The Shining combined into one. Ooh. And Nailbiter means- is about a serial killer who, if you bite your nails, he will cut uh he will kill you Ooh! people who na- bite their nails he bites people's fingernails off too oh man yeah he gets um let the, the comic book um and the reason why we talk about this is because there is a hack slash nail biter crossover <gasps> and it has already been covered on the podcast and joshua williams um the creator williamson the writer of nail biter uh, so Nailbiter is about the serial killer, uh, the Nailbiter, who comes from a town that he finds out is the origin of where serial killers come from. Ooh, and it's an okay, ancient, yeah, archaic, like, uh, ritual that births these serial killers. And he teams up Ooh. with the local town sheriff to find out, you know, the truth behind this new serial killer in town. And he is, like, swarmy as hell. He's very much like Hannibal Lecter. The reason why he's out is because he got out on temporary insanity or missed evidence. So the whole town knows that he is a serial killer, but he's still living in the town. And they like, you know, they mess with him. He calls the police and the police have to arrest them. You know, the townsfolk that are messing with him because he is a innocent civilian. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so Joshua Williamson came on the podcast with me and Charcy uh, to talk about the hack slash nail biter crossover one shot. Wow, that is so cool. It was covered on the podcast a few months ago. It actually is published after Hack Slash uh, Son of Sam Hain, but in the storyline, um, Vlad is still alive, so it takes place back during uh, Volume 2 of the comic before Vlad is killed off. <clears throat> but yeah, the writer has been on the show. Uh, you can check it out on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, or on RadioHorror.com if you want to find my interview with the writer of Nailbiter. Um, I am currently up to volume four and reading Nailbiter. Um, also, we have ads for Goners. Uh, how far would you go for your family? A uh, comic book called Minimum Wage. Uh, Punks the Comic. Rasputin. And um, Witches, which is by Scott Snyder, one of the former writers of Batman for a long time. And if you've never read Witches, I highly recommend tracking it down and reading it. It is an amazing Horror story. 
Yay! There are six issues in one in one one shot, and there's a sequel coming at some point. Scott's a little busy with other projects, but I highly recommend reading Witches for anyone who's never uh, read it before. So, but that's the end of the issue for uh, Hack Slash Son of Sam Haim issue number four. Um, I recently picked up a collection of horror stories called Thirteen, and it contains stories in there by Christopher Pike and R.L. Stein. It's all little miniature little horror stories, and they're written back in the um, the early '90s, late '80s. It was an interesting little uh, paperback that I wanted to share with the audience. But you recently picked up some stuff with that Mortal Kombat game, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. I actually got like this old school back in the day before there were CDs or cassettes. <laughs> So I got like a cassette audio um, tape with, um, and it was never been open, only a dollar. And it's R.L. Stein, um, Fear Street, uh, Ghost of Fear Street. So this one's about the Lagoon monster. So it's pretty cool. And um, it had bookmarks in there and it had um, some stickers, some old school stickers. It was pretty, pretty cool. Um, And then I also got some old school horror movies for only a dollar and each box had 50 horror movies. So that's a total of 100 horror movies for only $2. Wow, so that's I think I got the jackpot there. So, And I'm really excited. I haven't seen this movie yet, but it's, um, it's called um, When Evelyn Comes Out of the Grave, I think. What, what's it called? Evelyn Coming Out of the Grave, if I'm not mistaken. That's the name of the um, movie? Yes, and that's an old movie, I believe, from the, like, 70s or 80s. And so I'm really excited to watch that one. So there's a, there's a few in there that I haven't watched, but I'm so excited to watch. And also, I just also got a remote, too. So I'm excited to watch all that. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I also do want to say, too, those who may be fans of The Haunting of Bly Manor, there's a book called um, Voice of the Dolls by Dorothy Eden. And so this is more like an old school gothic horror um, story from the 1960s. It is very much. And so Haunting of Bly Manor was very much inspired by this book. So I would definitely recommend checking that out if you're a fan of Bly Manor. Um. The the new Doctor Strange movie, without giving away anything about the film, there is a, definitely a scene, and it's in the trailer, of showing the Sanctum Santorum uh, looking like an old gothic-like ghost house. And there's a big scene in that with Doctor Strange and uh, someone else that is really cool and reminds me of like old gothic-like haunted house horror movies like The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, that is too cool. Where can people find you online, Halloween Girl? Yes. Uh, yeah, so y'all can find me on Twitter at HalloweenGirlS1 and on YouTube, HalloweenGirlASMR. And you can find me on my YouTube channel, Radio of Horror, which just hit over 2,000 subscribers. And we just posted a video of Radio of Horror playing the Evil Dead game, the first mission. You can also find me on Radio of Horror on Facebook, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. You can send us an email there. You can also find me on Goth Girl Horror, at Goth Girl Horror on Twitter, where we will be posting this episode in about another week or so. So come back in two weeks uh, after listening to this, if you're listening to this when we post it, for the final issue of Hack Slash Son of Sam Hain here on Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash podcast. And by the way, the song you heard at the very beginning of the show is from uh, Son of Sam, 
um, a uh, gothic horror band that uh, someone recommended to me to check out. And their music is pretty awesome. So thank you, everyone, for checking out Goth Girl Horror, the Hackslash podcast, and we'll see you in two weeks. Gonna stop tonight Let the villains know That she's looking for a fight